This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning and welcome to Ringgit and Cents, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Last week, Prime Minister Tan Sri Mudin Yassin announced several initiatives as part of the Package Pelindungan Rakyat dan Pemulihan Economy Assistance Program, more commonly known as Pemule. This included a six-month loan moratorium similar to last year's, but this time it's opt-in instead of opt-out. So, the big question is, should you opt in? And that's exactly what we're going to explore today on Ringgit and Sense with Annie Hall, Licensed Financial Advisor with Harveston Financial Advisory. Annie, welcome back to the show. Hey Roshan, thank you for having me again. So Annie, the automatic moratorium here is applicable for all loans or financing approved before July 1st, uh, with the exception of credit cards. And borrowers who wish to opt in will need to get in touch with their banks. I think they could get in touch from yesterday onwards. So if you're, if I'm looking at this, how should someone, I guess, decide whether to opt in or not? What are the key steps to to pay attention to here and ultimately make the decision of whether I should take this up? Okay, so first thing is you must understand what a loan moratorium is and how does that help or impact you as a borrower. So with this loan moratorium, whether it's your mortgage or car loans, your monthly installment will be put on hold if you opt in. But you know there's no free lunch, right, in this world, <laughs> so which can touch on later. So many have asked, of course, um, should they take out the moratorium again? So I usually would throw back the question to them So and ask yourself this question. Do you have a stable and consistent income right now? Or are you going to be affected or are already affected by job loss or a pay reduction because your company is downsizing or closing or facing the impacts from, from the pandemic, for example? And if your answer is yes, that yes, my employment or business is affected, then the next question to ask is that, do you have existing emergency funds you can rely on currently? Mm. So example, if you lose your job tomorrow and do you have enough savings, for example, to cushion yourself and your dependents for the next, say, three months to even a year? And if your answer is no, I don't have enough or I'm not sure, maybe, then the next question is, will the six, moratorium, six months moratorium give you a better cash flow? Okay, especially if you have not created any emergency funds. So if your answer is yes and you are worried about things, uh, how things are going, you're worried about the outlook of employment, and you have a lot of mouths to feed because everyone is financially dependent on you, and of course your emergency fund is slowly depleting or maybe at a rapid, uh, rapid pace, <laughs> then the answer is most likely yes. You probably need to look at the moratorium, okay? Because you need to put food on the table. You need to provide shelter for your family and things are not improving as it is right now. So um, priority is to actually take care of your daily essentials and your Im- immediate needs. And this moratorium will provide a short-term solution to your problem. So Annie, I take it from your, uh, from your answer here. I shouldn't be taking the loan moratorium to go and invest in the stock market. Something that we saw <laughs> last year, I shouldn't go and speculate yeah. that money. No, no, because if you if you have a consistent income and a great emergency buffer, please don't take the moratorium because you clearly do not need it. And because if you can invest the money, clearly you really do not need it because you're taking risk into uh, when you when you when you do go into investment, it comes with risk, right? Mm-hmm. It's not always a positive return. 
So, and even it may be positive later, it will take some time, for example. So, um, don't don't take the moratorium because you want to invest in the stock market like last year, for example, because um, things may not be the same this year. But one important thing you did note there, that is even if you have uh, a stable income, but you don't have mm. an emergency buffer fund or emergency cash buffers, the moratorium might be something you want to take a look at. And we're gonna, I'm going to ask you a bit, more about, a bit more about that in a little bit. But right now, I want to ask you about this, uh, about the interest is Essentially, right. So, of course, the finance minister has asked the, to waive compounded interest and late penalty mm. fees for loan moratorium, but that doesn't mean that it will be interest-free. Could you explain what this means to us, Annie? Okay, that's why I say there's no free lunch, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, when you pay for your monthly housing loan, for example, and certain amount goes into your principal and certain amount goes into your interest, right? Mm-hmm. So, the accumulated amount of unpaid interest, which is uh, which will still be there after the six months, and you technically need to pay, pay back, lah, right? Whether it is through a higher monthly installment after that, or whether your loan just get extended past, uh, po- uh, past the, the agreed um, tenure that you sign up for. Okay, so for example, like if your interest is 2000 a month, okay, and times six months is 12000 so, finance minister is bas- basically asking the bank not to put further interest on the 12000 So, right. not to compound the interest further. And of course, not to charge any late payment fees or so long. Let's say I have a mortgage or higher purchase loan. What happens to these loans when I take on uh, the moratorium? Okay, um, just as, as you mentioned just now, so the, this, unlike the first moratorium, this round, the moratorium is not um, automatic. So, you need to contact your bank. All right, um, and the approval will be given automatically anyway without uh, any supporting documents. You just need to contact them. All right. So in the last moratorium uh, last year, if you have a housing loan, your loans, like I mentioned, will stop. Okay. So the int- so basically, um, your housing loan, uh, like I mentioned earlier, is that uh, when they stop, but you there's also interest. All right. So the accumulated interest will will be there after six months, and you just need to. Arrange with the bank, so how do I pay it off uh, after six months or do I do an installment, I pay more to my housing loan or do they just extend your tenure? And this happened last year. So for this year, uh, we have to refer back to your individual banks. Now, the Association of Banks in Malaysia and the Association of Islamic Banking and Financial Institutions in Malaysia have said that they're going to offer a facility where you can take credit card debt and convert the outstanding balances into a three-year term loan or financing with reduced interest rates to help borrowers manage their debt. Is this something that, you know, if someone has high credit card bills, is this something they should be considering? I think it's a great move and, you know, to have a reduced interest and a conversion of the loan to help borrowers, especially with high debts, to manage their debt. So, um, I've yet to see the terms and condition, but mm. it would be also great that if these banks allow the borrowers the flexibility to actually fully settle the loan earlier than three years without any penalty if they are financially capable later. So, don't penalize them just because they have to lock, uh, they, they can settle earlier. So I guess when it comes mm. to the, the term loan um, and the conversion here, we should be paying attention to the terms, of course, the terms and conditions, but also the kind of interest rates that we are paying on. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong here, Annie. Um, credit card interest tops off at 18%, right? It's on the higher end of uh, all yes. the kind of credit facilities you can get. So anything exactly. that is significantly below that should be uh, a good deal, I guess, for lack of a better word there. Exactly, exactly. Or, for example, if you um, need to, for example, pay off, you have to choose to pay off a huge debt in your credit card and 
you have also taken up the loan moratorium, which from your housing loan or your uh, car loan, for example, you could use the money to pay off um, the higher debt one, which is the credit card. Right, interesting. So that's the fourth reason, I guess, to take up the loan moratorium too. If you can pause yeah. your mortgage and your higher purchase loans to pay off higher interest debt, that again, you get a bit of uh, automatic yeah. returns there, actually, if you think about it. Correct, correct. Will any of this impact my credit score, though, uh, Annie? I certainly hope not. <laughs> I think Bank Nagara also mentioned that um, the borrower's decrease will not be affected, you know, mm-hmm. by opting in for this moratorium. I think this pandemic is already hurting a lot of people, whether you are in B40, M40 or T20. So this moratorium serves as a relief for a lot of borrowers to actually take a little breather, you know, when, uh, when, especially while they're weathering this, this storm. So I think so long the repayment after the, after the six month continues, um, then their credit score should not be affected. On that note, Annie, uh, I'd like to thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Roshan. I've been speaking with Annie Hall, Licensed Financial Advisor with Harvestman Financial Advisory, and you've been listening to Ring It and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan for BFM 89.9. Ring It and Sense on BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.